Wine Translated with Helena Nicklin. Episode 2, Chardonnay. For me and many other people I've spoken to over the years, imagery, analogy and storytelling lend themselves so beautifully to wine and crucially provide a much more effective way to remember things than memorising dry facts. These next few episodes about the key grapes will therefore be full of analogies and stories and hopefully more memorable for it. There are literally thousands of grape varieties in the world, but relatively few that have truly international fame and appeal. So I have chosen to start with 10 of the grapes that you are currently most likely to see in shops and restaurants. In this episode, it's Chardonnay in its best known guises. At the end, there's a tasting tour suggestion, so you can go out and get to know the world's most famous white wine grape in your own time. These tasting tours are designed to guide you towards the most famous areas for producing the grape varieties mentioned, as well as a few others that are not so famous but make styles you might also want to try. So, onwards towards Chardonnay, the Kate of wine grapes. That's the analogy. Think back to your school days. Weren't there always at least four people in your class with the same first name? Well, in my year, it was Kate. Fat ones, skinny ones, drippy ones, foreign ones, bitchy ones, you name it. Variations on a theme of Kate were popular the world over. And it was hard to work out how to feel about Kate's because just as you had decided that you hated the name because of spotty-faced Kate who smelled of wee, you met supermodel in training Kate who had a perm, some older friends who could get into nightclubs. Suddenly, you wanted to name all of your future children Kate, even the boys. Well, Chardonnay is the wine version of Kate. The sheer number of styles you'll find worldwide can make it difficult to pin down your thoughts on it. After all, nearly every wine-producing region in the world has a go at growing it. And as styles of wine go, Chardonnay moves from the sublime to the ridiculous, being responsible for some of the greatest white wines in the world. Climate and winemaking techniques may leave their mark, but the key elements will always be there somewhere. Look for a golden colour, ripe melon flavour and a fuller body than many other white varietals like Sauvignon Blanc. Vanilla and buttery notes are also good indicators that the white wine is Chardonnay. Try it unoaked for a true reading of its merits. As I mentioned before, wine regions all over the world are making wine with Chardonnay, but you'll find that pretty often the style of Chardonnay that they go for will be based on one of the following key areas. So try and get your hands on some of these and taste them together, in moderation of course, play compare and contrast, and then go out and explore the whole world of Chardonnay. You'll soon see what I mean. Chardonnay to try number one, Chablis. Yes, Chablis is always made from Chardonnay. It's just named after the region in northern France rather than the grape, as often happens in European countries. You just need to learn that Chablis equals Chardonnay and that it has a particular style that's understated, mineral and elegant, thanks to the very cool climate there and its famously chalky soil. It's lean, cool and super dry, so I remember it as the Cape Moss of wine grapes, the catwalk model. And don't be that person who loves Chablis but hates Chardonnay. Start with a Petit Chablis or a Straight Chablis before working up to the Premier Cru and Grand Cru Chablis, which are fabulous but a bit richer and often have a touch of oak, getting towards the style of Chardonnay number no. 2. So, what is Chardonnay number no. 2? Burgundy. Just as Chablis is a region famous for its lean and dry style of Chardonnay, the Burgundy region in France also has its own style of white wine that tends to be fuller-bodied with more fruitiness and savoury oakiness. Golden, complex and sophisticated, this is the Kate Winslet of wine, the Oscar winner. Statuesque and structured with a lot to say. 
Burgundy is one of the world's most famous wine regions for Chardonnay. White Burgundy will be 100% Chardonnay 99% of the time. Burgundy is also a great example of why wine can be complicated. Here's why. <clears throat> Deep breath, okay? Burgundy in French is Bourgogne, Bourgogne, so look for that on the label. It's also a region with many villages, the names of which will be shown on the label in large letters. These are villages you may well have heard of, like pouligny montrachet or Macon or Meursault. These still fall under the general umbrella style of burgundies I've described, but each will have their own nuances thanks to their specific geography. To make things even more complicated, Chablis is technically part of the Greater Burgundy region, but it's slightly removed, just to the northwest of Burgundy proper. Check it out on Google Maps to see what I mean. And while it's all still Chardonnay for the whites, the styles are distinctly different. For all intents and purposes though, while talking about Chardonnay style specifically, I would keep Chablis and Burgundy quite separate. They are two key styles that the wine world tries to emulate elsewhere. So that's Chardonnay style number two, Burgundy, the Kate Winslet of wine, complex, golden and sophisticated, different from style one, Chablis, the Kate Moss style of Chardonnay, mean, cool and understated. Chardonnay number three, California. I love a Californian Chardonnay. If Chablis is Kate Moss, California is Katie Price, the centerfold, big, buxom and in your face. But this doesn't mean it can't have an Ivy League education. This style of Chardonnay is sunshine in a glass. Try some from Sonoma or Napa Valley particularly. Chardonnay number four, Blanc de Blanc Champagne. Blanc de Blanc, when describing champagne and most sparkling white wine actually, means that it's made from 100% Chardonnay. Sparkling wines made from 100% Chardonnay often are more ethereal, fine-boned and delicate when they are young than the wines traditionally blended with the red champagne grapes, which, by the way, are Pinot Noir and Pinot Meunier. This is why I call Blanc de Blanc Champagne the Cape Blanchet style of Chardonnay. It tends to age beautifully too, becoming richer and more complex with every year that passes. Other Chardonnays. Chardonnay really is the queen of white wine grapes. Full stop. People were drinking it in its burgundy guise for years without knowing it was Chardonnay. In around the late 80s, however, we here in the UK started to see a wave of inexpensive Chardonnay wines come in from Australia and the New World. These were fruit bombs, often synthetically oaked with chips rather than barrels, which are much better. And while exciting at first, people soon got tired of the quite sickly, unfresh style. While that was unfortunate, what this influx of New World wines did do was get a whole new generation into drinking wine, thanks in part to the price point, but also the easy-to-understand labels. We learned to look for the grape variety. Australian Chardonnay, by the way, now is extraordinary. They took the feedback and now it's quite hard to find a bad one. Some of my absolute favourite Chardonnays come from Australia. You have to pay a little more for them as they're proper wines made with care and attention, but my God, they can be good. It's those parts of the country where there is a lot of sunshine to ripen those grapes beautifully, of course, but there is also some cooling influence, whether that's the sea or altitude. This gives a Chardonnay that's rich in fruit, but is still crisp and fresh, beautifully balanced wines. For these styles, go to South Australia or Tasmania. Look for producers 10 minutes by tractor, Meadowbank particularly, I adore those. You could also nip over to Margaret River in Western Australia. Well, I say nip, it's about a four hour flight away. But here you'll find fabulous Chardonnays that are kind of old world in style, but with a dollop of new world fruit. I love Cullen, Lewin Estate, Larry Cherubino, Vasifelix, and many more. For decent fruity Chardonnay that doesn't cost the earth, New Zealand is rocking it too. St. Clair makes some great ones. 
Also, for bold, inexpensive Chardonnays, try Casablanca Valley in Chile. That's a great place to look. Or head a little further north to Leda Valley if you can find one from there, which will have a touch more purity. The most exciting Chardonnay I've had in years, however, had its own unique style, and I found it in Argentina. I went to visit the Catena family, who have been experimenting with new terras and altitudes, but also grapes other than the marvellous Malbec. They have two Chardonnays grown in a relatively new area called Gualtalari, or Gualtajari in, in the accent. Within one vineyard, their Ariana vineyard, they have two plots right next to each other, where one has a soil rich in white stones, and the other in ancient fossils from when there was a seabed there millions of years ago. They call this patch White Bones. With the incredible light they have there, and the warm days but really cool nights, the result is an ultra-pure Chardonnay with subtle, exotic fruit aromas. But the White Stone Chardonnay, particularly, has an intriguing, herbaceous note of thyme and lemon verbena that stopped me in my tracks when I tasted it. It did help that I was there, but I brought some home and it was just as good. This is Catena's Ariana Vineyard, and the two Chardonnays are named White Stones and White Bones. In the UK, at the moment, you can find them with Bebendum or Hedonism wines. So that's Chardonnay for now. I'd love to know which ones you guys like, so please email me on thewinebird at gmail.com or tweet me at thewinebird. Also, any questions you may have, I will try to answer them. Thank you for listening. Drink well.